Big NFL news popping up on this Tuesday. The Miami Dolphins losing not one, but two draft picks, including a first rounder for tampering. This is a breaking story as we're jumping on here to record today's episode of Peacock and Williamson. We have not yet discussed the Deshaun Watson suspension, Debo Samuel blockbuster contract that has been signed, how that compares to the wide receiver market now. Get all of that, a ton to get to on today's Peacock and Williamson. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And a new story about the Miami Dolphins and tampering, Matt, that I didn't even realize was being investigated this intensely, that it was something that could dock Stephen Ross money, the Miami Dolphins high draft picks. This is this is wild. And from Ian Rappaport, NFL docks the Dolphins a first-round pick and a future third based on the findings. The following discipline will be imposed. The Dolphins will forfeit the club's first-round selection 2023 draft, third-round selection in the 2024 draft, but the Dolphins do have the 49ers' first-round pick in 2023. So instead of two, they have one now. It's pretty big. Mr. Ross is suspended. Stephen Ross, the owner of the Miami Dolphins, Matt, he is suspended. How do you suspend an owner? How do you have a team? <laughs> and that's owner? what I was thinking, too. Like. It's, is he gonna have to like get on his helicopter or yacht or whatever and just vanish for a little while and take a vacation or yeah. I, I you know I think that's odd. I don't know how you suspend an owner, you know. But, but he's, okay, he's, he's suspended for like he, he got the Deshaun Watson suspension. He's like six weeks yeah, suspension, like six game suspension basically. You're right, October yeah, I, I, October 2022. So he he can't pop up until then. It's so that is very strange. Uh, during this period, he may not be present at the Dolphins facility and may not represent the club at any team or NFL event. He may not attend any league meeting prior to the annual meeting in 2023. Is removed from all league committees indefinitely, so he can't have anything to do with any of the league's committees, maybe forever, uh, and find $1.5 million, Stephen Ross there because of this tampering we'll get into more of, of what it means and what it was that was happening and by the way matt do, are, do they still have the brian flores thing going on were, were they tanking on top of tampering yeah mr I, 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 or, I'll, I'll finish this up this is the uh yeah please the official uh, announcement from the league uh mr bruce beal dolphins vice chairman and limited partner may not attend any league meeting for the remainder of the 2022 season and has fined half a million dollars this discipline is informed by the competition committee's clear guidance that more stringent discipline, including suspensions, should be imposed for tampering violations and deter future violations and to safeguard the integrity of the game. And clearly, Matt, the integrity of the game, if you're trying to gamble on it, if you're trying to tamper, is the worst thing you can do in the NFL, way worse than maybe sexual assault even. Yeah, I mean, Ridley with the Falcons got a year for betting $1,500 on his team, which some of these other suspensions you would think would be a little harsher if that's the the, the bar. But I have a problem with the Ridley one. That's totally different. That's not what we're talking about today. Um, this Dolphins news just hit. So 
correct me if I'm wrong, as we're recording this noon Eastern on Tuesday, we don't know if that's tampering for Teron Armstead, the Tyreek Hill trade, something in the past. I mean, usually I think that's like um, a free agency breach of some sort, you know? I do have some insight on this now from Tom Pelissero, okay. who's breaking some of this down. And it, it does base around uh, two tampering allegations. One, Tom Brady, and the other, Sean Payton. So the key findings include, according to Tom Pelissero of NFL Media, impermissible communications with Tom Brady in both 2019 and 2020 when he was with the Patriots and 2021 when he was with the Buccaneers, as well as impermissible communications with Sean Payton in January of 2022. So they've been trying to swing uh, Tom Brady and Sean Payton when they are already under contract with other teams, multiple teams. So that's really where what this stems from, according to Tom Pelissero. He goes on to uh, clarify a few things here, um, if I can find it. But I think that is the that is the number one thing okay. is tampering with Tom Brady. And so mo- basically, they were like, "Yeah, I we, we don't really care what the rules are. We're going to do what we're going to do." And I had no idea this was coming. The The investigators, Tom Pelissero says, quote, uh, this is from the filing from the league, uh, from Commissioner Goodell, said, the investigators found tampering violations of unprecedented, unprecedented scope and severity. Whoa. Those impermissible communications with Tom Brady and Sean Payton. So this has nothing to do with Flores. This has nothing to do with anything else. Those, two, those couple instances, you know, where they're trying to land big, Big whales, you know, Brady or Peyton. And I assume that's post moving on from Flores, pre-hiring of this head coach, you know, trying to pry Peyton away from the Saints, who I'm guessing. Um, Brady and the and Miami have been linked together for a while now. And I don't know the exact details or the exact, you know, roots of all that, but I think Brady's best buddy or really, really close friend is either a partial owner of Miami or is set to take over when the Ross family sells, which I think is on the horizon too. So Brady and the Dolphins have been linked together time and time again. And maybe he ends up there in the front office or as a player for one more year when it's all said and done. I don't know. But I want to stress the football stuff here is – Sure, they have the Niners' first-round pick next year, but I, I don't care what you have in your back pocket. Losing a first and and then a future third is massive. You know, uh, that's a lot worse than the Flake Gate. Or I mean, they must have been bad boys. You know what I mean? Like that is a massive penalty, and you know, it, it immediately makes me think they set this up. You know, in, in a way where we have two first-round picks next year. Supposedly, it's a great quarterback draft. Of course, we're getting ahead of ourselves. But if Tua flops, we can combine these things and go get his you know, successor. Where if your Niners end up with the 25th pick overall, and that's all you have in the first round, that's not going to help you replace Tua all that, or Tua all that much. I wasn't ready for this story this morning. I might no, I don't know what to think of it. It, it powered through this. Um, so about Watson, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We still have to get to the Deshaun Watson stuff. So I do have some insight here from past reporting about Tom Brady, and it is that it is Bruce Beal, the Dolphins vice chairman and limited partner currently. Okay. Is he the one that was also suspended? And He was the one that was suspended and fined half a million dollars. Yes. And so uh, Bruce Beal and Tom Brady are friends. Beal is a 52-year-old Harvard graduate 
uh, they were uh, Beal was amongst the group. Uh, you always see Tom Brady and you know some some of the Patriots guys and some buddies at the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, uh, yeah. Beal was with Tom Brady at the he's Kentucky in the Derby circle. in 2019, yeah. so he's an inner circle guy with Tom Brady. Um, that is why Tom Brady's been connected with the Dolphins as being a part owner potentially. And there's past reporting that if Stephen Ross steps out, then Bruce Beal would most likely step in as the uh, you know, managing owner there of okay. uh, the Miami Dolphins, and so. And it hasn't been a, a, um, a secret in the past that the Dolphins had been in on on Brady and uh, and and really I think the Peyton stuff there was rumors there too and now we know why there's those rumors because they were tampering as, tampering as hard as they could to bring those guys into the organization. Yeah, and you know we kind of opened this with a joke of how, how do you suspend an owner? I mean, he may even own the facility or own you know, and you're telling him he can't even walk in there. And I immediately thought you know like a mob boss gets locked up and so. The consulietti runs things well maybe beal is the consulietti and you know there's another guy that can't you know it works things from the top but right yeah i don't know so now you've got like one of the corner boys running the show right <laughs> right 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 i mean it, it's, it's chaos the other families can move in <laughs> oh that is a wild story that i did not expect to see today and no. um big things happening in the nfl seismic yeah. shifts here seismic know? seismic Next, we've got to talk about the Deshaun Watson suspension, what we sure. think about it, what the NFL should now do with the ball in their court, what might be the next step with the league. And this thing might not still be over with Deshaun Watson and his six-game suspension and some uh, some new signings, DK Metcalf, Debo Samuel, McLaurin, A.J. Brown, the new market for wide receivers in the NFL next. But i got to let the folks know about the newest flavor from Built Bars. It is the Cookie Dough Chunk puff they have arrived and if you haven't tried the puffs yet you're probably depriving yourself on one of your life's greatest joys if you love yourself some marshmallow and you want to eat something that is good for you that tastes amazing that is high in protein low in sugar low in calories delicious indulgent cookie dough that's the new flavor of built bars at built.com and of course covered in 100 real chocolate along with light chewy texture real cookie dough chunks and of course that chocolate that really sends it home and that's why i love built bars because they're covered in real chocolate not some fake brown chocolatey covered chocolate flavored stuff it is real chocolate that envelops built bars i don't know how they do it only 160 calories and a whopping 15 grams of protein in the cookie dough chunk puffs a lot of built bars have even fewer calories and more grams of protein in them 130 to 150 calories in most built bars 17 grams of protein only four or five grams of sugar so you got to get to built.com quick to snag yourself a box of the cookie dough chunk puffs or whatever flavor you might want to get at built.com. I like the classic built bars, all the classic flavors, peanut butter, raspberry. They're all there as where as well as the new puff flavors. So go grab yourself a box of built bars or get a mixed box if you're not sure what flavor you want to try at built.com and get 15% off with our promo code locked15. Go to built.com, use promo code locked15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Okay, Matt. Initial response. It's been a, it's been, it hasn't even been that long. It's, it's been 24, 48 hours since the uh, Deshaun Watson suspension had been levied by the league or by the independent arbitrator. Six games, which I think almost everybody I've encountered feels like that's very low and somewhat surprisingly low. If you're the league, Matt, 
do you do you have to try to come down harder on this and appeal this? And should Roger Goodell come in and make this thing eight games at least, ten games, or try to do what the NFL and the other owners want and make this a, a year long? suspension because i have a feeling kind of like this tampering thing the thing that the league likes the least about all of this which is you know a a completely different conversation they don't want tampering they don't want gambling gambling they don't want things that hurt the shield from a um you know a competitive perspective the circumventing of the suspension fines for deshaun watson with that low base salary where he's only going to get He's only going to get docked three hundred thousand dollars worth of game checks in a two hundred million dollar contract i have a feeling that's what the league really wants to come down on the Browns and Deshaun Watson for. Yeah, I mean, like I, I think like everyone else, when I heard the news six games, I went, hmm, really? I mean, I thought at least a half a year, maybe the entire season, maybe in a, the whole season and indefinite, which could still just mean the season. Um, but a couple things. I, I mean, I, I think it's noteworthy. I know this doesn't necessarily matter in the NFL's eyes, but and I'm not defending Watson in any way, but he is not a criminal. He has not committed a crime. You know, he may be, you may not like him. I mean, he may be a scumbag. I mean, that's up to you. That's up to all of us to decide. But what I do know is he has not committed a crime. You know, I mean, he is not a criminal. He has not, he has not been convicted. He is not, right, or, right. Or they mean, committed they, might not be the right word. They right, didn't right. bring charges on on some crimes that may have been committed. And so exactly. That's what, exactly. To, that's what the league has to figure out. But I guess this arbitrator said things along the lines of, and I don't have the verbiage in front of me. There's so much here. Maybe there wasn't a crime committed, but basically she came across as saying, there's a lot of smoke here. There has to be some fire. You know, I mean, the, the, there's a lot of evidence that there was wrongdoing here. You know what I mean? And to me, with all the things you mentioned, the embarrassing of the shield, as long as this has gone on, going against you know the conduct policies of the league, I'm thinking any minute now we're going to hear the NFL is going to appeal this. And then it goes to Roger or Roger's right-hand guy, and I can't imagine it doesn't go to eight at a minimum. Right, and an eight eight was what I thought was going to be the minimum anyway, mm-hmm. and a huge win. So six is, is the, the biggest win for the – Browns, Sean Watson, that there could have been in this sort of an outcome. Uh, There's a couple of big things for me with this. Um, One is, and I do believe the league, even if the league found that the the off-field stuff from Deshaun Watson was worthy of a six-game suspension, they want to come down harder because of the other Mm -hmm. stuff that Browns did. So I think that's even just a base level. The why 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 I'm really convinced that Roger Goodell is going to try, and then who knows? Then there's a a lawsuit back from Watson's camp and this could linger on, which could be kind of a suspension of its own because if it ends up being six games. If that, if that lingers on, right. If there's a, a lawsuit to try to figure this out, if the league says, Nope, we won't, if the, if the league says eight games and Deshaun Watson doesn't like it, wants to sue, which is what I've heard the, the next step would be. Then how long does that take? And does that mm-hmm. take him out longer? Because he's, you know, Season's coming quick. And, right. Right, right, right. So yeah. that, that might not even behoove him to do that because it would keep him out for all that time anyways. I can't imagine some kind of a lawsuit would go as long as this, I mean, this independent arbitrator just reading documents. I can't imagine everything that goes into a lawsuit and getting court dates and, and all of that would be over faster than what a suspension by one person was levied down. So um, 
And, but aside from that, w- just looking at the precedents in the past, Matt, and this is where I think things don't match up. And this is where the league has to, in my opinion, and would really want to set a new precedent with Deshaun Watson, because the looking at the findings from judge Robinson, the independent arbitrator in this, Clearly, past suspensions is is huge. That that's the precedent. Right, ben Roth right. six games. You know Zeke Elliott. I say Zeke, um, right, yeah. But the league, first of all, the world is a different place than over a decade ago. What year was that with Deshaun Watson? Two thousand nine, two thousand ten. With Ben, you mean? With Ben Roethlisberger, yeah. At least that I bet. I mean, it was Zeke like five years ago or so, and yeah. Ben was well before that, right? Right. So if you're using the Ben Roethlisberger suspension as the precedent for what Deshaun Watson should get. It's a different world than it was over a decade mm-hmm. ago. Uh, it's a different. And there league. was one victim in that as opposed to multiple two. So it's right. not even apples to apples. Right. And one of the problems is the, the judge Robinson wasn't looking over 20, 24 cases in this. It was only the five that the league had given to mm-hmm. the judge to, to go over, to consider um, and of those, I think she threw out one, so it was only four. So really, it's only four cases that she was considering, and not the twenty to twenty-four cases. Um, and there might be more. And that's the thing is, like, if this came out slowly, and every year there was a couple, and four more, and four more, and four more, would it be a, a it would be a huger deal with the league because it have to be a new thing each time, right? So there might be more. And so what happens if there's all of a sudden six more that come through? Do they have to consider a new suspension for the new six? Is it all part of one allegation? This is 24 different things. This is 34 different events that they should be considering, not the one for Ben Roethlisberger. But I think the league would have you believe, whether it's true or not, that not only is the world a different place, the NFL is a different place. It's a different league now. They look at things differently than they used to. So to me... You would hope so. Right. So to me, what happened in 2010 and prior has no bearing on what's going on with this situation in Deshaun Watson right now. And for that reason, I think the league would and should set a new precedent with Deshaun Watson, even if it gets ugly and it's more difficult and there's more lawyers involved in all of this where there's already too many lawyers involved. So that's what I think is the biggest part of this is, okay, the precedent was this. Well, that was a different time. This is a new time. This is the new precedent now with Deshaun Watson, which is why I think the league will come back and appeal this thing. I, I do too, and I, I'm still expecting eight games. I kind of want to talk about the ramifications if it is six schedule football stuff. But I, I was listening to the Athletics podcast, and I reference them often. Robert Mays' podcast. He had Jenny Vrentes on, who's done tremendous work with this, and seems to be in the forefront of this case. You know, for well over a year now, and is totally on top of things. And they had a very good discussion that made you feel a little slimy and need a shower afterwards. But it basically was. You know, what the Browns did, and, and I'm paraphrasing, this isn't their exact words, but I kind of agree with it too, is they're, they were betting on six games. Like, they knew they signed somebody that has issues, of course. And they're sitting there going, well, you know, behind closed doors, they have this little conversation and say, well, if it's only six games, it's worth it to us, right? Or if it's only eight games, it's worth it to us, you know? And they kind of got a win, you know, that it wasn't like, oh, this came up after we signed them, you know, like the the Texans with their big contract with them. So what they were saying on the podcast was this is exactly what the NFL wants to stop. You know, if, for example, I mean, whoever the first pick in the draft is next year is a superstar, but he has similar issues. Well, does the first pick in the draft say, well, 
I'll take him minus six games and still worth it. You know what I mean? Like the next team that comes up and just says, yeah, we don't really, he's a bad dude. I don't want him around my kids or blah, 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 but only cost us six games. That's the precedent. We can handle it. No biggie. Everyone will forget about it in a year. You know, like that's what the league doesn't want. And North and Carolina, it's awful. It was what's funny is I think the league in a lot of ways with the new system, and this is really the first time we've tested this new system with the independent arbitrator being the one that Mm -hmm. uh, that recommends the initial suspension instead of the league handling these things. And I think the league wanted it out of their hands so they could say, well, you can't get mad at us because we didn't levy that suspension. If you think it's wrong, if you think it's too much, too light, it was an independent third party that decided this. And so I think the NFL wanted that. But this all of a sudden it's like, oh man, it kind of it kind of bit us because this is one of the occasions where we don't want that third party, you know, we don't want to be able to say, oh, that was their decision. So you can't get mad at us. I think the yeah. NFL wants to come down harder this time. And so kind of, you know, I think one of the things they wanted in this whole process uh, might have ended up hurting them in the end. And I think, you know, eventually I think they'll like that there's a third party arbitrator figuring these things out. But in this case, I don't think so because I think the league wants wants a lot more from the Browns. They want to hurt the Browns and Deshaun Watson more for trying to circumvent the whole thing. And again, that's, I, I think what really probably makes a lot of the owners around the league mad. Let's talk Browns football in the, in the, the third yes. segment here. Yes, but yes. what I do believe is no one is happy with the amount of money Watson's going to have to spend on this. I mean, the fines are like nothing, which again was the Browns, kind of giving the whole process the middle finger saying, yep. you know, and deep down, and I have no inside scoop of this, and maybe I'll learn more when they're at the bars tonight or whatever and what the people around the league think, but I bet 31 owners aren't thrilled with this outcome. Well, Stephen Ross doesn't get in a vote anymore. So I guess 30, 30 owners will have good play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, let's talk more football with the with the Cleveland Browns, what this means for them and the latest signing in the NFL of a, a big time wide receiver. And there's still more out there that could get some big money. And now this has changed all of that. But first I want to thank everybody for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen for your second listen. Make sure you're checking out the locked on NFL podcast coming at you daily. Peacock and Williamson is on the locked on NFL channel on YouTube. Make sure you are subscribed up there and your team is covered right here on the locked on podcast network. No matter the sport. Okay, Matt, so six games. That means the Baltimore Ravens, week seven would be the first game for Deshaun Watson. If nothing else has changed, I have a feeling he won't be available for that game, but we will see. What do you think this means for the Dolphins? I already know that their bet online um, win total has, or no, it was the Super Bowl odds have gone from 33 to 1 to 18 to 1 since Hmm, since this since this suspension has been levied so clearly i think the betters thought it was going to be a longer suspension as well so this is you know obviously this makes the browns a better football team sean watson you know can kick that rust off quickly yeah a couple schedule things i just want to buzz through is just so happens and i'm gonna say this is a coincidence and not the league being generous to the browns when they built the schedule that their first six games are the softest part of their schedule so here's a at Carolina is the opener. Who's favored in that game, BP? With with Brissett. With Brissett, I would think that with well, now instead of know. instead of Watson versus Baker. Instead of Watson versus Darnold, it's Baker versus Brissett. Yeah, I yeah. think that does swing things 
Is it at Carolina? In Carolina. Yeah, I'll give Carolina two points. Okay, so, but close game. Close to a pick 'em, yeah. Then Cleveland hosts the Jets, which I think they're favored as, you know, favored in, unless week one's a total disaster. I Then they host the Steelers, which is probably a pick 'em game, don't you think? A Thursday night game at home versus Steelers. Yeah. That's probably a pick 'em, give or take. Yeah, Steelers got their own quarterback thing happening. Right, so right. We'll see, you know, how, how good Trubisky is out of the gate. By the way, can he pick it, taking some te- second team reps? Yeah, that was all part of the plan. Don't look into it. No big deal. Okay. We were actually talking about that as it was happening. He's still in over his head. Anyway, and then they go to Atlanta in week four. I think they're a favorite there no matter what, you know. And then they host the Chargers and Patriots, both of which I would say they're probably a dog, but they're at least home for those final two Brissette games. Yeah. So if you get two or three wins in those six, I think you're still – very much in the mix, at least, you know, oh, uh, the, the Browns would, would kill for being 500 when Deshaun yeah. Watson comes back in week seven, hundred percent for them. Yep. So, but here's a couple notes. I just want to throw in there too, because week seven at Baltimore, and then you host the Bengals week eight with Watson, not playing all last year. I don't expect them to be great in those two games. Like I don't expect them to come off a year off six games, suspension, where he hadn't practiced, and boom, go to Baltimore and just tear the Ravens a new one, and then rip up the Bengals the next week. Yeah. Then, then and, they have a bye. And and just the weight on Deshaun Watson because yes. I'm sure all this is weighed on right. him. And and you know where is he going to be mentally? He's not going to be as locked in in a midseason quarterback form uh, as most quarterbacks are. He might have like almost a you know a, a mini rookie season sort of a. A team, you know, right, right for a month for four weeks, right? So if the if it goes bad with Brissett, could they be you know two and eight by by the time he's really starting to two and get six, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right, right. And I think the buy comes at a good time. But if you if you are three and three with Brissett, and then you get wiped out by Baltimore and Cincy in that division, that's brutal. Then you at least get a buy. But here's the thing I think is really interesting that I haven't heard other people talking about. But is in those first six games. Four of the Browns' home games will be Brissett games, which don't, I don't expect the road crowds to be particularly kind to Deshaun Watson. And much of his home schedule is already sucked up by games he's suspended for. It's wild. It's uh, I, I don't know what to expect from the Browns this year. I think it's even tough for the, you know, looking at those bet online odds. Mm-hmm. I think it's got to be the most difficult team to to set him for, even the, even knowing now when Deshaun Watson is coming back, and still not knowing if he's going to be suspended more. And we'll get news very right. soon if the league is going to appeal that. And I, I I'm leaning towards that they will. Matt, you you feel like the league is going to? I bet it goes to eight, and then they have a bye week, week nine, and then he comes back in week ten and goes to Miami. Maybe their owner will be be there by then. <laughs> yeah. October seventeenth, he's coming back. Yeah, yeah, that's right. yeah. So he'll be back on the scene. Oh my God. Okay. Real quick, we got a couple minutes left here. Debo yeah. Samuel has signed a three year, 70, potentially $73.5 million contract. What's interesting the most to me is the same agent, star wide receivers drafted in the same round the same year. DK and, and Debo Samuel ended up signing very similar three year extensions, money wise uh, and, and guarantees wise. But the extra $2 million that Debo Samuel can earn, $1.95 million of it, is. Incentives earned for rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. Hmm. 
And I didn't know that. Okay. Seeing Debo Samuel on, and that's $2 million. Like Kyle Shanahan, if he's trying to win a game in December, he doesn't care if they have to spend $2 million right. over the course right, right, of a three year right. contract to use Debo however he wants to use him. But seeing Debo and Kyle Shanahan on the field at his first practice right after he signed the deal, he was already on the field Monday. And they're laughing it up midfield, having a good time. Kyle Shanahan all along has said, you know, he's got a great relationship with Debo Samuel. The way Debo Samuel last year was calling for the ball, telling him, give me the ball. I want you to hand me the ball so we can go do this. Uh, Knowing that they got a deal done finally. The whole process to me, Matt, I just feel like there was a playbook all along and it was never Debo's mad at the 49ers. It was Debo, just like he did with the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan, utilizing Debo in a way that he's like, use me the best you can and let's go win this. I think it was the same way with the agent. It was like, don't hate the player, hate the game. It's like, okay, agent, what's the game plan here? How do you want to utilize this during the offseason? Okay, request a trade. Maybe stop following him on Instagram and we'll try to do the, we'll use our playbook and we'll use you the best we can to get the most money for you because that's what you paid me to do. And I just feel like the whole process was just all leverage negotiation and Debo doing what you know he thought was best for that game plan and that and it I don't think there's any ill feelings at all with Debo and the 49ers it just feels like okay back to normal let's go and uh it kind of it it just goes to show you all this stuff happens throughout the offseason and there's a lot of posturing and negotiating that happens in these kind of things It's, it's wild how much different you feel about Debo and the 49ers or at least I do and I'm covering the team very closely than I did you know the week before the draft. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with all that, that they're going to be best buds. He's happy to be there. Big check. I mean, show a great faith. We love you. All those things. Money talks, too. I mean, and, yeah. and uh, my, a couple, my, my two big takes are, I bet Debo doesn't mind some carries here and there. I mean, he understands his value. He's competitive. He wants to win. He wants a ring. He can help do get that. And, Maybe that decreases a little, but that was some of the only leverage that camp had to at least say, you know, hey, you're beating me up. I pay me now because I'm not taking the normal rigors of an NFL wide receiver. Good, good move. You know, it's as good an angle as any to try to get a contract that worked. Um, but if he wasn't great, the other things, it wouldn't matter. And I do think, you know, McLaurin, Metcalf, A.J. Brown, Debo, all non-first round picks from the same year that all got huge paydays. A.J. Brown was the only one that got traded. Um, there's this great, great demand for these guys, you know, that the league wants premier young receivers and they will pay accordingly. Deontay Johnson's next on the list. I don't think he's quite to that class. He's quite, he's quote, holding in here in Pittsburgh. I don't know if he's a trade candidate or if he's going to get paid too, but, you know, it, it's a good time to be a young, talented wide receiver. Yeah, the best ever time to be yeah, a young yeah. wide receiver because the market has been reset. There's been 11 players to make $20 million per year this offseason at the wide receiver position to have contracts that have uh, at least $20 million a year in their contract. So that's kind of wild. Um, the The interesting one was A.J. Brown. Right after Debo signed, A.J. Brown came out and said, look at this, and you really think that, uh, look what all these other guys are getting paid. I'm the only one that got traded basically throwing shade at the uh, at the Tennessee Titans and then saying, go birds or something like that. Uh, I don't have to tweet in front of me, but it was just kind of funny. He's like, yeah, look, so we'll see if the Steelers go the route of the Tennessee Titans and decide, hey, you know what? That's too much. And we're going to try to uh, 
swap this thing out. And they already drafted some wide receivers. The Tennessee Titans went and drafted a first-round wide receiver. They're hoping it's a Stephon Diggs, Justin Jefferson kind of situation. But then if you hit on that new guy, then you got to pay him too because there's a new market for wide receivers. So uh, that's fascinating because I know some teams don't want to spend that much on wide receivers. And I'm sure part of the negotiation with the 49ers and all these guys, that's why they signed so late, was that the market that they thought and they prepared all this stuff for negotiations leading into the offseason, that market changed instantly on them. And they thought, wow, okay, the numbers we thought we were going to have to pay, we have to revamp it. And it took six months to figure all that out. Yeah, yeah. I think that 100% is true is – you know, a team like Washington and San Francisco and the Steelers are probably going through this now is whenever they had their offseason meetings, you know, we're budgeting this neighborhood for our star receiver. We want to keep DK. We want to keep Terry. But, boy, we didn't expect the market to spike like this. <laughs> you know, like, I didn't know Adams and Hill and Brown were all getting traded and signing massive deals. And, you know, so this took us aback a little bit. We need to regroup and say, are they still worth it in today's market? And they all came to the same conclusion, basically, that these are special players at what is becoming a premium position. Okay, we will pay them a little bit more. Inflation hit, and we're, we're in still. Yep, inflation, salary cap exploding as well. They can fit more stars under their budgets. And we'll get more into Debo and DK and those rosters when we talk about the players to watch in the NFC West coming up. We've still got three more NFC divisions for players to watch throughout the preseason coming up on Peacock and Williamson. Thanks for making us your first listen. Matt and I back tomorrow right here. Peacock and Williamson.